Welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Big thank you to Ken Murray, who kept the seat warm for me on Friday. Thanks, Ken. Well, there you are now. You wanted rain. What did I tell you? Six weeks, we enjoyed not a drop, and you were crying out for it. You needed it. You wanted it. We had to get some. It'll never book and stop now, will you see? This is the thing about it. Once it started, it won't stop. That's the summer gone. It's over. It's finished. Done with. Roll on 2024. Oh, I'm only, I'm only, I'm only joking. I jest, I jest. Please, God, it'll settle again uh, before the schools are back in, what, about six weeks' time or so. Hopefully it will. Uh, anyway, let's uh, wait and see. But this week is looking a bit mixed for sure. Welcome to the show. Lots of chat over the next couple of hours, music and more besides. But we begin today with a sad story. You probably know already. The famous Ford Fiesta, the last Fiestas rolled off the production line in Germany last Friday. It became on the scene way back in 1976 and there have been seven iterations, seven marks of the Ford Fiesta, the last one in 2017, up till it finished just last Friday. Well, let's talk about it for the next while with somebody first who knows the car inside out and I'm sure can remember the first one in 76, even though he was probably in short pants then from Smiths of Drogheda and Nicky Smith is on the line. Hello, Nicky. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Do you remember the first one? I do indeed. I do indeed. Yeah, I think it was in 1977 before it came to Ireland. Right. Um, I think they were built in Cologne in 1976, and then in Dagenham in 1977. And I think, I think from memory, anyway, if memory serves me right, it was 77 when they came to Ireland first. And uh, yeah, well, it was a huge. It was. It was after the oil crisis of 1973 that motor manufacturers started to, to look at and explore manufacturing a small a small car. For us, was smaller than the Ford Escort. Mm. And, um, you know, it all came to fruition and the, the rest is history. I mean, there were 22 million uh, Ford Fiestas sold globally since, since 1976, you know. Yeah, it's a huge, huge seller. And from that time when they came in, you're right, Nick, it was your smallest, Ford's smallest car at the time that they'd ever produced, and it was in the light of, of the oil crisis. Did it take off straight away? Were the fans immediately, or was there a bit of scepticism early on about it? No, I think it was an instant success. I mean, obviously yeah. it was prior, prior to my time at, at selling, but my dad would remember... I mean, we had a massive launch down in the Star and Crescent, um, which is now what the Trinity Quarter is it? Or you yes. tell me what, which it is? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know that that was that was a, a, like the first of, of a new car launch, which we you know we invited all our customers, friends, and guests, and everything. So it was a, a good a good fanfare, and it really it did sell from 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 Meg from Netco, and it was a massive success for us and for. For all Ford dealers around the country and in the UK and throughout Europe, the Fiesta was just phenomenal success. Mm. I looked at, I've been looking at the seven marks of it, you know, so it changed seven times. Last one in 2017, and of course they've reshaped it, remodeled it. The, the early ones were boxy, Nicky. They were. Yeah, they were. And then, you know what I mean, just as fashions and trends in, in the in the design of motor cars developed, it became slopier and you know, more rounded fronts and that, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, there were some there were some special editions, um, you know, throughout throughout the the, the 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 life of the car, and we had the, we had the XR2 and the RS Turbo, and you know, there were some very very hot hatches there, and uh, then also 
they would also produce like very good value models which which competed with the best of them you know mm. I love the Mark 6 the 2008 one I think it was a major change sleek sharp lines definitely yeah. my favourite of the whole lot well, from your perspective it, it was a, a really beautiful car to look at still is yeah, indeed. And like as they as they developed them and, you know, the Mark Six and the Mark Seven, you know, they were getting better and better each time and there were more 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 standard features. I mean, in fact they were they were probably over engineered. There were there were features on the car that, you know, a lot of the customers that drove Fiesta mightn't necessarily have, have a desire for or, or, or need for. Mm. But, you know, that's just the way the motor industry works and they, they had all these these you know, highfalutin features on them. And it also affected the price because, you know, it, it did become quite expensive towards the end. Mm. It was to be called Bravo. Did you know that? It, Bravo was the name that was selected by the, the people in Ford who do this type of thing. But it was overruled for Fiesta, which, of course, means party. Uh, just a yeah. little little ditty I wanted to mention as it finishes yeah. up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I do. I mean, there were there were books written about the the design and the the the, the actual history of the Fiesta, you know. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't don't disagree with you there. Mm. But I mean, you know, just just on a on a you know, just as things develop, and you know, we're all into the electrification now. So, so you know, on Friday that the last Fiesta rolled off the plant in Cologne. The final two vehicles, one will be sent to the UK to to a heritage heritage museum that Ford own there, and one will be retained in Germany in another museum. But the, you know, from this weekend, you know, the, the plant in Cologne has been has been transformed uh, for a new um, electric product that we'll have for next January. So that's the new Ford Explorer. So I mean, you know, where, where one door closes, another door yes. opens, and you know. I mean, I suppose that's progress. Mm. And and I was just thinking about the Mark One going back to six seventy six seventy seven. You probably had a radio in it, maybe with a tape deck. I think there were headsets, as far as I know, in the early ones. I think I can remember those. But apart from things like that, when you think about cars today, Nicky, my God, we've moved a world on, haven't we? Oh yeah, indeed. I mean, like power steering wouldn't have been. No, standard that's back right. Then. Yes, you know, air conditioning wouldn't mm. have been standard. Wind up windows. Uh, no, no central locking. Yeah. You know, uh, vinyl seats. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I do remember like just vaguely the the, the first models that came out. Um, I think we like even the colours. There was a, a nice bright yellow in it and that. But you know, they were quite a basic car. But you know, that's what you were competing with. If you you know the old Fiat one two seven and these. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, that, that that was a spec on on, on the, at the time. You know, had you. F- fans of Fiesta had you people who say you know every few years just change from one to the next ah yeah we we a host of customers and uh, like it would just be a matter of what what colour this not not necessarily this year every two to three years yeah and you know it was just a matter of form they, they wouldn't even look at another brand and it would just, as I say, it would be a matter of, oh, I'll change the colour, I had silver, I might go for black, you know. But uh, mm. oh, we had a very, very, very loyal uh, customer base of Fiestas. And when they came to buy them from you, they also came into you for service as well. So, I mean, you know, that, that was a very important part of it too. Mm. You'll miss this car, you know, 22 million, and it was part of your, you know, your offering of cars of different sizes. Uh, will we see Ford, you know, bring a smaller car? And you mentioned the full electrification of the fleet, which everybody seems to be moving towards. Can we expect that in the future? 
Well, there's no doubt we're going to miss it. Uh, mm. You know that that's for sure and certain because we we had a, as I said earlier, we had a massive uh, fiesta customer base, and um, yes, so for sure we're going to miss it. But just in in general, um, you know, from from looking at, at the trends of motor manufacturers throughout Europe, they all seem to be moving away from that size vehicle. Yes. You know, now I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. Mm. I mean, you know, they they that they will tell us that that market is is diminishing, mm. but there there are still customers there for a small car. Not everybody wants uh, the, the next size up, but um, you know. If you're asking me, have we got a replacement for Fiesta on the horizon? The answer is, I, I don't know, but I don't think so. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think they are moving towards you know a, a bigger platform for their lead-in model. But Ford are also putting huge emphasis on their commercial vehicle range. You know, they they see their future in, in Europe and in Ireland. You know, as massive, uh, you know, transit van dealers. You know, mm. transit transit van sales and. Uh, not not as big an emphasis uh, on on the passenger cars as, as as we traditionally had. Obviously, we still have four or five uh, all electric cars to sell, but uh, they, they do see a, a massive growth uh, potential in, in the van market. The Puma is now sort of the one, isn't it? The Puma is going really well for Ford. The yeah. the, the yeah. hybrid. Yeah, the Puma hybrid, yeah, mild hybrid, and um, you know, I, I'd say within within twelve to eighteen months, we'd have an all electric Puma. Mm. Uh, it's very stylish. It's it's on a Fiesta platform, so it's not a million miles away. So I mean, it it will it will sit um, and will suit um, a Fiesta customer. And we've we've actually we sold uh, Puma to lots of our existing Fiesta customers as as we be- became aware that Fiesta was no longer going to be in the future. Yes. And in fact, production since last October hasn't been massive. So um, you know we have we have put put a lot of our our, um, our Fiesta traditional Fiesta customers into Puma, which you know what I mean, and they're mm. all delighted with them. So that's a positive. Mm. Have you any uh, Fiestas left, or are you out of them now completely? We have a couple, but they're sold. Ah. I think I think we could put our hands on one, uh, one or two. But that is it. I mean, I, I don't have a stash. No, mm. that, you know, <laughs> one, one, one or two maybe. But um, there, there's a couple here on site, but they, they're they're sold and they go out in the next week. Yeah, there you go. Oh, it really is the end of an era, and I'm sure people have fond memories. Anyone listening to us today, Fiesta fans, or have you driven one or had one? We had a couple in our time ourselves in our family. Lovely, lovely wee cars, I have to say. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. If you had a Fiesta, have one or have ever had one in the past, we'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text. Nikki, I'm going to let you go in a second, but just before you do, stay there, because Melanie Love is waiting on the line. She's been listening to you talking away there. Uh, she's the woman, along with her husband, behind Love Photography. And Melanie, tell Nikki, you have a Fiesta. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Nikki. You're Hi, Melanie. I'm just after buying a car that was sold in N. Smith and Sons in Drogheda in 1988. Wow. <laughs> I only bought it six months ago and it stayed in Drogheda all of its life until I bought it. And it's still going? Oh, it's fantastic. It sat there up for go. five years, not being driven, and I just got it through the NCT flying on Friday. And is it a Fiesta? Yeah, it's a Fiesta Mark II, uh, one litre laser. Oh, laser, yeah, I remember that model. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. the blue strip along the side. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, the laser was a beautiful yeah. model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very sturdy, durable car. It's uh, one that I was looking for, so I was delighted to see it for sale. 
It's well a done. lovely car to drive, very durable. But and if it's just past the NCT, that's fantastic. From your dealership. <laughs> mm. Wow. Isn't that amazing that, Nikki? Yeah. there you are. It came out of Smith's and Drahada in uh, as a new car. In, in 1988. In 1988, yeah. Yeah, just two owners in Drogheda. Is it ZY, HZY or something like that? Or? Well, this one would have been 88LH. Oh, right. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, yeah. of course. Yes, yeah. 88LH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. I'm going back even further there with ZY. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go, Nicky. I said I'd keep you for that little ditty there. I'm going to have a chat with Melanie now. There's the connection. is in the small world and you can thank our Louise Walsh for making that connection just in the last while she made the connection there with Melanie Nikki best of luck to you and we always have the uh, fiesta on our minds a wonderful wonderful little car but as you say one door closes another opens thank you Nikki Thanks indeed. Thank Take you. care of yourself. Bye-bye. Nikki Smith there from Smith's of Drogheda on the North Road of Drogheda. They're there for years and years and years. Fantastic people. Now, Melanie Love, get back to this car. You mentioned the blue stripe. What's its basic colour? So it would be a metallic silver um, all over the car and then just the blue uh, sticker stripe down the side. Um, it would have had just standard wheels, but I'm after modifying it to bring it up, you know, it really catches the eye with the modified wheels on mm, it. I'm sure I've it does. A few little extras as well. Good on you. Car to drive. Are you into your cars? You obviously are, are you? Yeah, yeah. My husband, he would have a Mark III RS Turbo. Um, they're very rare. You know, there's not too many of them surviving because they would have been a very fast car. So um, he would have uh, bought that probably around 10 years ago and done a lot of work on it. Mm. And it, it, whenever he goes to show, everybody's like, oh, my God, that brings back such great memories. Mm, they're special. They really are. And it does jog the memory with people. How many miles are on the clock? Um, there's probably about the 100,000. Um, yeah. Myself, I'll probably only just drive it probably once a week um, as a second car. But... It's a lovely car to drive, like the steering, there's absolutely no shake. Um, you get great mileage out of the one litre engine and, you know, it's a real eye-catcher, the classic cars. When you're going through towns, everybody turns to look at you, you know, compared mm. to the modern cars. Oh, sure. 35 years, 100k on the clock. I'll tell you one <laughs> thing, it's not much mileage for sure. And she's driving as sweet as a nut, you said there a moment yeah, ago. Yeah, it, it would have a choke, so I'm trying to get used to a choke. You know, you'll have to pull it out and let it warm up before you take off. That gets a bit of, you know, you need to get used to that. I'm yes. Used to just pressing on and going. Well, there's a thing now. Nikki mentioned the different aspects of cars that wouldn't have been in the early marks, like the power steering, yeah, air conditioning, no you know, central lock and windows even, uh, you know, yeah. with buttons going up and down, you have to roll them up and down. <laughs> That's another one there I never thought of. The choke, people are wondering today, what are they talking about a <laughs> choke on a car? Yeah. You know what I mean? The young person wait for it to warm up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember the choke well and you're hoping she'd go b -b 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 -b, and then she'd fire and away she went and you'd be absolutely <laughs> delighted. And you'd have to remember to push the choke in as well because yeah, you'd flutter yeah, if you didn't, you know. Oh, crazy, isn't it, thinking about it. So there you are. So you were only the third owner of this car. Yeah, no, it was really well looked after. It was kept in a garage all the years. Like, it wasn't driven for five years, and I was like, oh, I'll just put it through the test just to see how it gets on, and it passed, no problem. Well, it just shows you, doesn't it? It yeah, really does. Yeah. When a car is looked after, mechanically sound and minded, well, it will make the grade for sure. So you're test are you for you to test each year now with, with this one? 
Well, uh, just one more year left and then there won't be any more NCTs on it. That's it? Yeah. It's a vintage then, is it, or whatever? It goes into a different category, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Cheap insurance and tax, yeah. There you go. And, and, and with this one as well, it is more or less manual with everything in it. There's no fancy anything. Yeah, as you say, you've added the wheels. I have two keys. Um, one key will do the ignition, the driver's door and the boot. And then the second key will do the passenger door and the petrol cap. <laughs> and you know yourself, you have to wait for to get in the car to let the passenger in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so she's a two-door, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. let them in the back. Oh, yeah. sure. I, I think they look better. I think they look much more sporty in the two-door. Yeah, no, they are a lovely all-round car. I think go over the years, like my family would have had nearly every colour in a Fiesta. Like, um, I know farmers would have gone to the market to buy calves yeah. and they'd put them in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that with that car of yours. It's too nice. I know you never will, Melanie. You never will. I know it. I know it. I know it. Listen, you're great to come on today and tell us about it. Fantastic. Mark II Fiesta, 1988, sold in Smith's Adrata. Third owner is Melanie Love. Health to wear. Enjoy it. And thank you for telling your story. Thank you, Paddy. Paddy Sweeney's been on to us to say that we bought a lovely black 1.3 litre diesel Fiesta in 2008 from Nylat Smiths. Uh, it has no air conditioning. It has the wind-up windows. But what a fantastic car it was. My wife, Emma, loved it, says Paddy. And I think that's the thing about Fiestas. It had a real fan club. And you heard Nicky there saying they had a big, loyal following to Fiesta that people changed every two, three years. And now there is no Fiesta. Some have moved into the Puma bracket. But it will be missed. It will be missed. But this seems to be the trend. I was reading at the weekend. Lots of small car manufacturers uh, across Europe uh, and in the States are not going to make the small cars any more surely there has to be a market for them there really has to be in today's urbanised world the majority of which where people live well time will tell are they making a mistake we'll wait and see still to come on your late lunch this afternoon I'm so looking forward to chatting to Ashling Lowe again from the Mead Food Bank but not on the subject matter she's going to be fine she has been fine she's in trouble she'll be back in the court soon she hasn't filled out the 2016 census form 2016 the one before last and she is not going to fill it out and she's not going to pay the fine and she'll go to jail if she has to coming up after two taking us to two it's van morrison on your late lunch it's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes My next guest is a very good friend of the show. She's a wonderful woman because she helps others and has for years and years. Yes, the Mead Food Bank owes so much to her and the people who benefit from it. And she's been doing this, as I said, for a long time, not only in Navin and County Mead, but in Dublin City too. And that's where probably this issue arose back in time. Yes, the census of 2016, April 2016, Ashling Lowe is in a bit of bother because of it and she's going to tell us the story now. Hello again, Ashling. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good and thank you for joining us again on the show. So let's go back to April 2016 was a census and then it was delayed because of COVID. The last one was the 22 census. Now, in April 2016, where were you on the night of the census? I was in Dublin City at the GPO and... Um, bringing up food um, to the homeless. 
Okay, so you weren't really in your place of abode. You know, they say to you, wherever you are on that night, fill out the form. You were actually out on the streets helping people who yeah. have no homes. Yeah, and I have my form with, with me ready to give it to any of the numerators that would have been about on the street that night. But we didn't see light or sight of one near um, near the table and it would have been the night of the big sleep out at the GPO to highlight the homeless crisis okay. at the time. So there was 400 people sleeping rough at the GPO and the volunteers were, were giving out cups of tea and sandwiches and whatever throughout the night. And you had a census form on your person? Yeah. Did had you had you put anything onto it? Are we going to fill it out there and then if somebody you know if you met an enumerator or something? All I had put onto it was was my name and address. I was fully prepared to hand it over if there was a numerator there. Okay, but you know the usual. I'm playing devil's advocate here, which is the enumerators are generally not about on the census night, but they call you know later, maybe a week later, sometimes it could be up to two or three weeks later, and they pick the form up from your place of residence. And where was your place of residence in 2016? Oh, God, where I am now. Okay. Um, I've been living at the same address for in- the past 22 okay. years. Okay, okay. So, did, so no, there was no enumerators, I can understand that, on the street on the night. So you had the form on you, you walked away, you did all your work, you went back home. What did you do with the form then? Did you just leave it at home? Did anyone call for it? The form, I, I left it there. Nobody called to me. And if they did and I was out, I wouldn't have known. Yes. So and there was no notes or anything put okay. in my door. Okay. And you just really left it be, did you, at that stage? You paid no more attention I, to it? I left, I left it be and I paid no more attention to it. I did tell the girl that called with the farm that I would not be in on the night in question and my son wouldn't be home because he was staying with my mother. So I know that my son was marked on hers because she was home yeah. that night with him. Okay, so he's counted for on your mother's farm. And that's the correct thing to do. Whoever's in your house on the night, you return them. But anyway, your farm, you never got a call from the enumerator. You never got a reminder in your door. So you just left it be. What happened then? Well, I was brought to court in 2018. It would have been only a couple of weeks after my father's death. Right. And they brought me to court and um, I, I I stood my ground. The numerator said that I didn't say any such thing to her when in fact I did. Okay. You were in the court, um, obviously. You went to the hearing, did you? Yeah, I did. And um, the judge said, look, he said, there isn't a dog, uh, there isn't a dog or a devil on the street that doesn't know what you do. So he said, I'm going to fine you 150 euro. So it would have been around the same time an article came out on the independent newspaper, Jerry. And it was an article about the the guarded gym equipment Mm. saying that the poor box money, a percentage of it was going to buy guarded gym equipment. And that kind of infuriated me, to be honest. And I said, that's not what the money is allocated for. It's meant to be for the poor. 
So I refused to pay the €150 fine. Okay, so you were in court in June 2018, convicted at Navin District Court, eight months to pay the 150 and an article that you read, and it's an article that we can't verify or otherwise in the newspaper, but anyway, you read it and it infuriated you and you said, look, on principle, I'm not paying this. Okay, so that's back in 2018. Have you had much dealings with them or have you heard much since? Where are we today with this? The letter the other day that, that fluted in the door saying that um, I should go back to court in September and that um, I have two weeks to pay up the fine or they're going to give me 240 hours community service, which is a joke because I'm doing that anyway. I'm doing my service to the community with the food bank most days. And I've always done my community service, not for a punishment, but to help the community. Of course. So like that, that was one of the threats. The other threat was they could come into my house and take items belong to me um, to make up the money of the fight, like say my television or whatever, mm. you know to um, take payment for the €150 fine. Um, The thing is, Jerry, there is nothing in my house worth €150. (laughs) So they're going to be disappointed if they do that. The other thing, though, they could stop the money at source. You know this. They could do that. um, But like that, most of my bills come directly out of my money. So every is accounted for mm. in you know in my outgoings yes so there isn't a hell of a lot left yeah but they, they might just pay. stop at that source that you'd have less in your account if you know what I mean when you go to pay yeah. those bills as well that is an option that lies there um, oh my god you know you mentioned well, the community you know what Barry? I don't mind I don't mind doing a couple of days in lieu if it came to that I you, don't mind you'd go to prison I don't mind, no. I'll do a couple of days in lieu at Grant. And I don't want I don't want to leave, especially with with the with the times we're living in now. I don't want to leave myself um you know, without because of a silly fine. Mm. You know, which I played by the rules as far as I'm concerned. I wasn't at home, I was out. My child was numerated in my mother's house. I was out on the street doing, as I class it, my civic duty, which I was out feeding people who had nothing on that Sunday. And also as well, the way the homeless people are are numerated, Jerry, I find it's very inhumane. What do you mean? Meaning that um, when the numerators see the homeless people say asleep or whatever on the street, they actually, they don't engage with them. They just take on their form and their gender, male, female. That's it. That's it. Mm. And I just feel um, our homeless people, and I say our because they're citizens of this country and they belong to the human race, are humans too. They have a name, and whatever circumstances they had in their life, 
that left them homeless or whatever. It's not their fault. Mm. But they are human beings and they should be treated like human beings. Oh, I don't think anyone would disagree with you on that, Ashley. And I want to say, you know, 240 hours community service, you're owed hundreds of hours back if we want to get into that uh, debate about, you know, what you've given or, or what you haven't. You have, uh, have you a criminal conviction now because of this? Yeah, like on top of that, which I, it's a head scratcher. I have a criminal conviction on top of that. Plus I have to pay this 150 euro fine, which is ridiculous. And just out of principle alone, I'm, I'm not going to pay it. I, I refuse. I refuse point blank. Listen, I'll pay it for you. No, you will not. I'll pay it for you. No, you will not, Jerry. I won't have you or anyone out of pocket. But this is just a matter a matter of principle. And as I said, you know, if they could do this to me, what other volunteer are they going to do it to that runs a soup kitchen on a Sunday night? Because I know them all. Tell me this you while know. tell me this while you're there. You're a shocking, determined woman. Um, uh, the twenty two census, the one that's just gone by. Did you fill that form in? No, <laughs> never got. I never got one. Oh, in the name of God, here we go. I, I never got one. We're going I down another. We're going down another road now here all together. They're going to be on your case for this. You know this yourself. You'll be on your case for this one too. When this is put to bed in whatever way it is put to bed. So are you back? Just come back to this again. You've got a notice. So from 2018 to the present, you heard little. And now this letter arrived recently. And that's why we are talking today. So you're, you're back in court. Is it in September? In September, yeah. And they're going to ask you to either pay that money or do 240 hours community service. Yeah. Ashton, I'll pay it for you. You don't have to go no, back to court. No, Honestly. Very seriously. You're not going to do that now. No, I wouldn't have you out of pocket or anything. This is just me trying to, you know, say, well, you know, I think the homeless people should be numerated properly. I brought somebody to court with me that day who is a rough sleeper. And he um, told, he told in the court, I I asked him to, to talk like, and he said that he was sleeping rough and he was not numerated at all. Mm. So I think there needs to be a better system at play. I know I, and I, I see what you're getting at. And that is yeah. certainly an issue that needs to be looked at because it's not right. And they are human beings and they have lives and they come from families and they just happen to have hit shocking circumstance at the moment that they don't have a roof over their heads and we should have known about them and they should be returned. Yeah. I'm with you all the way in that. But I, I don't really want... Know, I don't, but we need to know them figures, Yes, Jerry. I know, I know, I know you're that's coming at... But we, That's how we know how many yes. houses need to be built. Yes, I understand. How, yeah, yeah. You no, know, and it's really important. That's a very, it's a very, very important thing. But here's the important thing as well. You shouldn't have a criminal record. You shouldn't have to go into court. You know, and I see another issue coming with the 2022 as well. And I know you're a woman of strong principles. And 
my God, we don't want to see this happen to you. Honestly, we don't. No matter what you say, nobody wants to see. I'm telling you, people listening today know what you do, the good you do. You give your life to this. You help so many people who can't help themselves. We want to help you. Uh, I know, Terry, but but look, you see, the thing is, if you've been on, if you've been on the other end of it, like me, like me and my mum, me and my mum were homeless when, oh God, when I was about six or seven. So our house went on fire. We lost everything. All we had was the clothes on our back. But thankfully, God is good. My mother was a very hard worker, and she was able to work herself out of it. And thankfully, um, it was a year before we got our forever home. Do you know? Mm. But um, nobody understands that until they've been on that side of the, you know, that side of of life and and knowing how hard it is. And it really was hard. It's actually worse for a child to deal with homelessness. It's, It's an embarrassment as well. And... You know, we have so many homeless children in the country. We have so many homeless rough sleepers. We have so many people still living and existing in hotels. Yes. And our people need to be looked after as well as everybody else. Yes. But there's homeless people that I know that I've looked after since 2014 and they're still homeless. Ashling. Look, will I tell you something? Are you here? And we all hear everything you're saying, right? Yeah. The messages are coming into me here. Folks, what do you think of this scenario? What do you think of the situation Ashling Lowe is in? 086-1800-658. That's the number. WhatsApp or text me now. 086-1800-658. By WhatsApp or text if you have you. I'm telling you something here. I offered to pay it for you. There are messages coming to me here. I'm not the only one. There are listeners who want to pay this for you because they understand from hearing you with us here in late lunch time and again about the work you do, etc. How good a person you are and what you're standing up for. And we hear today how, you know, you know both sides of the equation as well. But listen, we've got to yeah. get you out of this. We've got to get you out of this one. You've got to let us settle this debt and let you move on. Oh, God, no, I'm not going to allow Oh, will you to do stop? That. Will you no. stop? The woman is not for turn and she will be for turn, I'm telling you. Listen, we hear your story. Leave it with us. In the name of God, we're going to sort this out one way or the other offline here when we talk to you because you're not going back into that court because the people who need you are on the streets and have no food and no roofs over their heads and you're just an angel to those people. Listen, you're so kind to come on and talk to me today the way you have. Let's get this sorted. Ashling Lowe, thank you so much. No problem, Terry. Mind yourself. Thanks very much. Not at all. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. She's not going back into that court. No way. I'm telling you, she's not. Here's one that's saying it for sure, and there are many other others onto me here as I speak to you at the moment. She is just one topping woman. She's brilliant. Ashling Lowe. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Back with you in a moment. One of the biggest songs of the year, Miley Cyrus and Flowers on Your Late Lunch. 
Jerry, this is simply disgraceful that anyone would do that to Ashling. If the judge was so familiar with what she does, he should have paid the fine. He had no right to do that. It should have been dismissed as soon as she was brought before him. I'm absolutely livid listening to her. Wish I was half the person you are, Ashling. It's a crown he should have placed on your head. Thank you for that. A lovely comment to us today. There are more there. Sean says, Jerry, don't pay the fine. Let her show them up for what they are, says Sean. Pauline is in Dundalk today. Thank you, Pauline, for getting in touch with me, says Pauline. Says that she's not a woman above any great means by any means. She understands Ashling, but they're not bothered what work she was doing. And to stand up for this fine, fair play to her. But I think once a judge orders a fine, it has to be paid. I don't have much myself, as I said, Jerry. I would offer to help pay some for her. Pauline. You're so kind. John's been on to say, fair play to Ashling, Jerry. I'll go harvest with you on that fine and we'll cover it off for her. And there are more there offering as well to pay the fine for Ashling. You heard her. She gave out to me. She said, absolutely no. No way is she paying it. Oh, we're going to have to sort this out one way or another. And that's only the 2016 census. The 22 census is to come. Oh, my God. God almighty, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. Anyway, I don't know what to say about something else that I, I, I've seen today. Did you know that one in ten of us don't have a friend? Think about that. That's ten in every hundred people. A hundred in a thousand don't have any friends at all. That's shocking, isn't it? I remember Betty Clark many moons ago talking about social media and all the friends she had and when she wanted to go for a cup of coffee. There wasn't one to go for a coffee where it reminded me of that when I saw that today. Isn't that horrendous to think that you wouldn't have a friend in the world? Those that do, uh, women have generally seven friends. Men have nine. <laughs> there you go. The boys win for a change. Nine friends. I thought women would have more friends than men, to be honest with you, but that's what the findings say. No friends at all. Ah, oh, come on. I wouldn't like to be in that boat ever myself. I really wouldn't. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Up next, well, it's Wimbledon fortnight. We're into the second week and good time to talk about tennis, but no ordinary kind of tennis. Yes, it's a catch-up for us. We met her before, Babs Weberg. She plays blind tennis, and we're going to hear all about it next. I'm delighted to welcome my next guest back to Late Lunch. I met her a couple of years ago and she was very, very impressive. And she's back with me today for a very special reason. She's brilliant. She plays blind tennis. She only took it up a few years ago and she's moved to Ireland's number one and has had success all over the place. Anyway, she's here today because the uh, there's a fundraising campaign going on for the National Irish Team going to the World Championships for visually impaired and blind tennis. It's happening in Birmingham in the UK in August. Babs Weberg, welcome back to Late Lunch. Thank you very much and I'm delighted to be here. Delighted to have you with us on the show and on the line, we'll talk to him in a moment, is Wes O'Brien who is a coach. But let me talk to you first. I'm just looking at your success here, especially in recent years, all the places you've been, you've been to Poland, you've been to Spain, you've been to uh, the UK and other places as well, as well as at home here in Ireland, and you've been winning all the way. What's the secret of your success in this sport? I mean, I'm not always winning, but I try to do my best. (laughs) It's the determination. I simply, I'm addicted to our sport. Mm. And I said there, you took it up late. Remind listeners again, when and why did you take up blind tennis? I got a phone call in April 
2018 from the National Center of the Blind and they asked me if I would like to join a blind tennis group and I said have you been on the Guinness early uh, what the heck is blind tennis and uh, so they explained to cut it short I did go and the next day I went and bought my own racket because I straight away fell in love with the sport you talked to it like a duck to water easily you said yeah. this is for me yeah. tell them about your site how your site is compromised um, I have to cut it short it is about 5% of vision I have and my center vision on both eyes is completely blind and the periphery is blurred. But I'm grateful for the 5% I still have and um, because the deterioration came along slowly I adapted. And when you play tennis, and that is important for anybody who is in the area who would like to try it, um, don't be discouraged by it. You learn with work in, like work in progress. Okay. Do you play in a full-size tennis court? Yes. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, it's three-quarter lengths. Okay. Because we have, listen to this, we have special balls, sound balls. They are made of foam and the inner core is like a table tennis ball with little plastic beads. So when it bounces... You can hear it. We can hear that. Okay. And that is guiding us in the game. Okay, so the sound of the ball, it's slightly bigger than a tennis ball, I will say. And it has that sound in it. So you're using your uh, hearing to, you know, understand where the ball is when it comes back to you. You're allowed, you're, are you allowed an extra bounce or two as well? Um, yes. Yet we are classified in four different categories depending on the severity of your sight loss. B1s are completely blind. They play in the service box of a tennis court mm. and they have up to three bounces. Okay. The next group where I play in, B2, we have we play on the three quarter lens court and we have up to three bounces. The next group has up to two bounces and the last group, the eagles among us, they have just one bounce. Okay, so it depends on the severity uh, of the uh, lack of eyesight that you have that that changes as you go out along. So so you're in, in the B2. Um, for anybody, you know, who would take up this sport, you mentioned a moment ago, you did say, you know, that if there's anybody out there listening today, they probably are apprehensive, you know, to think, how can how can this be? How can this happen? But you're one and your colleagues and uh, everybody involved can vouch for this, that this is a, a really good sport to take up. Yeah, it is. Um, first of all, the social aspect. You yes. need uh, you meet new people, and depending on your determination, you can just do it for social mm -hmm. uh, meeting. And uh, if you are more interested and more determined, you can take part in tournaments. And don't be discouraged because. I am definitely not the youngest in the team, so it is for all age group and age groups. And I never played tennis before in my life, so it is there for everybody. And if any of the listeners 
are um, involved in any of the tennis clubs in Dundalk, please get in contact with either Vision Sports Island or here with the radio station and get information what you can do to uh, get people involved because there's lots of people with visual impairment in the area of Drada. Okay, let's bring into the conversation. He's on the line there. When I just plug your headset in there, do you see those headphones? Can you reach for them there beside you and just put them on? Wes O'Brien is joining us on the line. Hi, Wes. Hello, Jerry. How are we keeping? I'm keeping really well. You're talking to us from the banner, is it today, down in Clare? Down in Killaloo in County Clare, yeah. Are the flags at half mast? A little bit, yeah, yeah. They're very disappointed around here now. Very disappointed. Ah, uh, yesterday, God, the half the country or three quarters were willing you on, but it wasn't to be in the end. Them Kilkenny cats are devils altogether, aren't they? Oh, completely, completely. They're a great team. They're a great team. <laughs> They're a great team, is right. Anyway, thank you for joining me. Tell us about you and your role. You're a coach. To who and what? Um, yes, I have been, um, I'm a tennis coach down here in, in Killaloo, Banna Tennis Club, and I've been involved with VI and Blind Tennis for about six years now. Um, so I've been lucky to be to coach to um, a couple of the players on the team, um, but I'm actually team manager for this team that's going over to the World Championships. Um, but like I said, I got involved about six years ago. I was at um, a coaches conference in Bulgaria and they were doing a little demonstration on blind tennis and I kind of thought, well, I, I, I kind of had to get involved with this back home. So I just came back and I reached out to um, Shankill Tennis Club in Dublin and just took it from there. And the sport itself, by God, they're really competitive, aren't they? I've been watching this online today. It's as competitive as Wimbledon that's going on at the moment. They, they take it very seriously, you know, and, but like Bab said, you know, when you start off, it's the social side of it, it's, mm. you know, it's, it's coming together, it's, it's the exercise, the mental health side of it, and if people want to kind of go down the whole competitive route, you know, that's kind of, uh, 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 that's kind of available for them as well. Yes. Now, the, the, the point today is chatting to both of you, I know Wimbledon is on, but you have this World Championships coming up in Birmingham, it's the Olympics of this, because it happens every four years, it costs a few euro to bring a team over there, doesn't it? It is, yeah. That's what we're trying to, um, like, we're trying to give the players on the team the best chance to be successful over there. Um, it's it's the biggest blind and VI sports uh, sporting event in the country this year. Oh, sorry, um, um, in the world yeah. this year. Um, so, like you said, it's held every four years, and it is. It's it's effectively an Olympic Games for for blind and VI sports because there will be. Over 1,250 athletes taking part from 70 countries, over 10 sports. So, and this is the first year that tennis has been involved. Now, there's eight players going over. Is that just for tennis, two coaches and two guides as well? Is that just the tennis element of this? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We have eight players selected. And like you said, those players would have been selected on the back of our national championships, which we had in April. Yes. And obviously previous tournament experience. So we have eight players going over and about six coaches and, and staff going over and kind of support staff. Yes. And Babs is one of those, of course, who's travelling. Babs, Babs them, yeah. from Dundalk is going over as well. So how can people, what's the easiest way to support you? What are you looking for? Sponsorship, donations, what, Wes? Well, first and foremost, we have a GoFundMe um, set up 
um, which I would love if you could share it on your social media. Yes, we will. Um, so, like, just a donate any way you can, if possible, any little bit at all would be great to kind of help the team because, you know, I'm lucky enough now to be involved in this team and, you know, just some of the most amazing people and, you know, they've overcome, you know, certain things in their life to be where they are now and they deserve every chance of being successful. Now you said it because sight, we don't uh, understand if you have your full sight what it is to be impaired or to have uh, no no sight at all. So this is coming up in August and are you getting together in camp or how do you come together or train or do you train in your individual locations? It's a little mixture of everything, Jerry. Now we have, we have players who are working in their own clubs with their own coaches. Um, we do have three um, official training sessions lined up during the summer. We had one in June in Dublin. We have another session coming up on July the 23rd in Belfast. And then our final one then is going to be on August the 13th uh, back in Dublin, which is one week before we leave. Right, so lots of big preparations being put into this because it really is competitive with those teams coming from all those countries from all over the world. That GoFundMe page, what's the name of the GoFundMe page? Um, it's it's just set up as the Irish Blind and Visually Impaired Tennis Team. Lovely. Um, so it can be found easily. Easily found and easily contributed to as well. Well, oh, listen, yes, I, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for joining me today. We hear what you have to say. Wish you luck with everything this coming August uh, to everybody going over and bring back the bacon in terms of gold, silver and bronze. Perfect. Thanks very much, Sherry. Thank, Thank you. you for joining me. Babs, stay with me there. You can take those heads off you there. You heard what Wes had to say there. And there's a, a lot of a, a, a commitment, I have to say, in this. I forgot to ask him, are you watching Wimbledon yourself, are you? What do you think? I have to ask you. Who will? Who do you think will win the men's? The best. Djokovic. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I'm not um, into a single player. I'm yes. always interested. Um, yeah, in interesting matches. Yeah. So if the match is good, then it's fine by me. And may the best. Or the luckiest. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm a mad tennis fan. I think I told you this before. I've been watching Wimbledon since I was a little fella, and sure, this time we'd be out in the streets with the rackets and everything. You see it yourself. Tennis gets a real lift. I think Djokovic. I don't think anybody can beat him. He's so good. But this fellow Hurkacz, uh, Hurkacz, the uh, Polish fellow, yeah. he should have taken a set off him at least last night in the in the match. He's two 0 down, I mean, and they're resuming today. His serve is just oh, unbelievable. absolutely Isn't unbelievable. It? But I have to say that. Uh, I will not be able to watch the final because I have training session in Dublin. Oh, very important. So Listen, your tennis takes priority. I was going to mention the ladies, but I think it's wide open, the ladies. There's a number of them there could win the ladies. It's a very open but championship, isn't it? there is a very young lady... Um, Swiatek, the number one seed, no? No, 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 no. Svitlina, who had the baby, no? No, it's, it's a young girl. She's the youngest player in the whole gang right. at the moment she's 16 years of age okay and maybe i couldn't finish watching her game today yeah but um she's not, not the american not she's not the american girl no not madison no, keys no no she played against madison keys well madison keys won okay yeah mm, then so then she's then out she got unfortunately. It. okay yeah, she's gone but that young lady she will 
for the future. Under, Watch yes. her, you're saying. Yes. There's yes. Kvitova, yeah. you know, Ange Jabour, who got to the final last year. Oh, Rubikina. yeah, she's very good as well. Uh, yeah, it I is. Like and her. I think the ladies is a very open competition, which I like about it. But look, at back to you and, and what you do as well. You put a lot into this. And in a general sense, you're from Dundalk. You told me before. How is it getting about, besides the tennis, getting about town and that? How is it for somebody who has restricted vision? Um, For me... As long as I'm moving around and about in a familiar place, in a familiar area, um, it is not that difficult. Mm. And um, hardly anybody would guess that I have a severe visual impairment. But as soon as I have to go somewhere where I haven't been before and have to read the signs for the road names or signs at the doors, that's the tricky part. Mm. And then I sometimes need some help or I ask people. What does tennis mean to you as someone who's come to it relatively recently? What does it mean to you? Everything. And for me, it is that I can forget that I have a visual impairment. I do not feel that on the tennis court, even though I sometimes miss balls because I simply don't see them coming. But I've seen that happening to Nadal, to Djokovic, to Federer, so... What they can do, I can do. Babs can. Why not? Anyway, that young girl, Mira Andreva, Andreva, uh, Mira Andreva is sixteen. That's the sixteen-year-old girl from Russia yeah. that you were speaking speaking about there. And my God, I hope that someday they come back into the fold as well with with all that's going on. So look, we know the GoFundMe page is there for you guys going across. If anyone's listening today, can give a bit of sponsorship or anything, it'd be greatly appreciated too. Oh, very, yeah. very much, because it's tough to get us over there and to uh, support the the coaches and that is another thing please the tennis clubs who have members who listen please get involved and um, make visually impaired and blind tennis available to people in your area and I will um, if you get in contact with the radio I am willing to come and give a performance game with one of my co-players that you can see what it's about and what it's looked like because if you just listen to it you can't imagine what it is like but it is extremely important for us and we might not get paid but our determination passion and devotion to the game I think it's even better than the professionals. Ah, let's finish on that note today. Babs Weberg, I wish you well with all that lies ahead in the summer. Good luck in going to the uh, World Championships in Birmingham. And thank you again for joining me today. Thank you very much. And to everybody who might donate. Kim Wiles. Keep me hanging on. Did you know, Miss Louise Walsh, that Kim Wilde is now as well known for her gardening as her singing? I didn't know that. Did you not? No. Yes, she is indeed. She's is a, she a programme or something? No? She was in some of those garden design programmes on TV and she's a brilliant gardener. She really is. In fact, she said she found it hard to decide between, you know, the singing and the gardening. She loved them equally both. Oh. I'll tell you, when she was on the scene. 
please. She was hot stuff. Mm. Kim Wilde. Oh, my God. She was. She really, really was. But there you are. She headed into the garden and enjoys the gardening. You can just tell by her much. voice she's a good gardener, actually. <laughs> can you? Yeah. She's kind of earthy tones. Has she had the Nikki Kyle tones? <laughs> Not just no, yet. Not nobody just, oh, nobody has Kyle. the Nicky Kyle Jones. No, nobody has. You're so right there. What about that? That one in ten people haven't got a friend in the uh, world. That's so sad. Where'd you get that from? Yeah, just I, I caught it somewhere earlier today. I just heard it and it really sat with me, you know, to say, no, God almighty, not to have anybody in the world that you consider a friend. Yeah, it's, that's um, very sad. It's sad. It is. And that number, they say it's rising. You know, that's, you know, it, it's on the way up. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I think a lot of people are now becoming very insular mm. because of social media. Reclusive. You know, like even the young kids, they don't ring each other anymore. Mm. They're all on Snapchat. They they message each other. They don't like the, actually talking to people. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's the way the human hand will be in a few years. Look, four fingers on each. The thumbs will be gone. You watch evolution because of this thing. Anyway, we are evoluting up towards uh, news, weather and sport at three. And afterwards, sushi, sushi mania and my top five countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's the number five from 1985. And when I tell you that this song was first recorded in 1982, three years previously, but it hung around until it was part of the Born in the USA album. You know who I'm talking about now, don't you? And combined with the song Born in the USA, this was a double A side that made it to number six on the USA Top 100 and number five on the UK charts where we have it today. It went no higher. That was it. This was his top uh, chart position. And actually, a top 10 hit was a huge thing back then. Anyway, our five from 85 comes from the boss and he's on fire. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? I got a bad desire. Number five, our top five countdown this week in 1985. It's the boss, Bruce Springsteen. I was actually looking at the video, Louise, for that song today before I came down. And uh, it sort of reminded me of the video from, they were all probably similar at the time. Remember Billy Joel, Uptown Girl, where yeah. he was a mechanic in the mm-hmm. garage and she came mm, waltzing in. Christine her. Brinkley, yeah. Well, for this one with the boss, he was under the car, fixing the car and this lady arrived and got out of the car and really? walked over and handed him the keys and he came out and he said hello to her. You don't really see her face, mm. but she left the keys. And he says, I'll leave the car up at the house, you know, nice way, because he had left the door key with the car keys on it. Anyway, he did leave the car. She said, oh, no, no, I'll come and collect it. But he went to the house later that night with the car and he looked up and he saw a light on in that and he says, oh, I'll leave the car. And he left the keys and away off he went. He didn't He didn't hang around, so he didn't. But that reminded me of the Billy Joel video just when top. I saw yeah. Didn't they have one that dealt with the service station or did they? I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. So ZZ and the beards. Do you remember the mm-hmm. beards? The ZZ top boys is right. Yeah, all they were all similar around that era. The way they were making the videos and producing those as well. Anyway, how are you fixed for a sushi? I like sushi. 
do you? Mm, I've only had it once once or twice in my life because it's yeah. not very common like. But I, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, it's it's uh, from a different part of the world, of course, Japan, uh, where it originated. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll tell you about it myself. I did a lovely little sushi with mackerel. I, I used to catch mackerel down at the pier in Head and up the rocks and that as well. It's harder to get them now. There's very few mackerel come in and it used to be wonderful for mackerel this time of the year from now on. Okay. July, August into September. But unfortunately the runs of mackerel coming in are poor and have been small in recent years. But we used to get them and fill it. I could fill it a mackerel and the man who showed me passed away, Kieran Caffrey, he was just brilliant at mackerel fishing and filleting them. Showed me how to fillet them out without bones and then I'd just take the, the flesh and I'd marinate it in a red wine vinegar with a bit of lemon juice and a few other things. Just put it into that. Right. Leave it in the fridge for about Sounds an hour nice. or so and take it out and it'd be cooked. The vinegar and that would oh, actually, yeah. you know, it's a sushi type of thing, but it would cook it. But it was absolutely beautiful. That was just a little homemade thing I did myself. But sushi itself, I, I like raw fish. I would have a go at anything. You know me. Mm, we had snails, sure. Didn't we <laughs> did? No more. Didn't we did? Not a bother to us. Anyway, up next on the show, we're going to meet a man who turned his hand to sushi. And he's a business called Sushi Mania. And he's going to tell us all about it. And we'll have a chat about sushi in a moment. Sushi Mania is the business and the people behind it are Bas Vibenga and his partner Yulita and Bas is on the line with me. Hi Bas. Hello Jerry. how are you doing? I'm really good. Well, I have to ask you this first off. How okay. did you get into this and go down this road? Oh, that's an, 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 a long story, but I tried to make it short. Uh, myself and my partner resigned from a really good job uh, in the retail and food uh, business. And uh, that happened uh, around COVID. And um, obviously, retail and hospitality was closed. And we thought we started uh, making uh, something ourselves. And uh, my partner, Yulita, uh, mentioned there's no sushi to get in the area, Virginia and Cavan. And said, why would we not just give it a try? And um, that's actually how the business was born. You took a real chance, you know what I mean, didn't you? Like it's, I know in the city of Dublin, it's there are a number of places do this and they deliver as well. But where you're based there in Virginia and Cavan, but people talk to it, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then we opened the business in uh, uh, April 21. Everything was uh, sort of on lockdown. And, uh, you know, all the food outlets were running half, half, half uh, speed and all were closed. And we, we, we took the chance. And from day one, it was a hype. Um, yeah. Uh, a, a hit for you is right. So you, you've customers all in this northeast region. We have the customers ranging from from Longford, uh, Monaghan, Navan, Cavan, Kells, Trogheda, um, even even as far as Kilkenny and Waterford. Really? Believe it or not, yes. Wow, you certainly have a huge reach. It's good news story. This tell us about sushi. You know, when you say sushi to people, they think fish, but it's more than fish, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, sushi originates, obviously, from the other side of the world, where there's a lot of raw fish be eaten. But in this part of the world, we're not used to really taking on raw fish. Um, there are certain people that do love raw fish. But because we, we, we were playing on, the, on with Irish uh, ingredients, and we found out that perfectly good uh, Aberdeen Angus beef and chicken and black and white pudding uh, are, are, are hits in our sushi, uh, and there are cooked, obviously, uh, ingredients. 
So you uh, have a wide range of Irish ingredients, as you say there, that you incorporate uh, along with the fish as well. Is it true that Ballymaloo, the famous Ballymaloo Cookery School, have given you the thumbs up? They have, they have. Uh, they have uh, given the thumbs up and we have produced a little small sticker on our box that our sushi exclusively is produced by their uh, Ballymaloo chutney. And this is also done by Clonakilty Black Pudding. We have also a sticker up on, on our box saying our sushi is exclusively made by Clonakilty Black and White Pudding. I was looking at your website and your menus and they're really interesting, I have to say. What's most popular from an Irish palate? If you were to say, what are your most popular dishes? My most popular dishes in the in the sushi range would be still uh, in the top five would be the fresh salmon, the smoked salmon, the Irish haddock, um, the, 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 the Aberdeen Angus beef. Sushi is very popular, mm. but also the vegan and vegetarian sushis are uh, flying off the shelves. The, the red pesto, we have in truffle and mushroom sushi, um, and all seasonal. So um, they're, they're equally popular. We have no sushi on the menu that, that doesn't sell. Mm. Um, yeah, so they're, they're all equally good. And because we um, source them locally from the local green box in Cavan to uh, local suppliers as far as Kells or as close as Muller, uh, they are giving us the, the fresh veggies, the, the, the fresh uh, lamb comes from Mermaid in, 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 in Virginia. So it's all locally sourced um, fresh Irish produce mm. uh, as much as possible. Did you have to, you know, learn a lot to take this on? I know yourself and Yulita had lots of experience in the hospitality food area before, but this was a, a new departure for you. How did you, you know, learn how to make sushi and the various dishes? Now, Yulita was already very good with making sushi. Okay. Uh, so she knew how to cook the sushi rice and how to roll. Um, and for my part, is because I'm a chef and work for 20 odd years uh, in, in, in restaurant and hotel kitchens, I know about, uh, you know, tastes and flavors and, uh, you know, produce that you can uh, combine with the sushi. Mm. So, from to do to two popular uh, sushis uh, that what we had at home, we have now a range of 25 sushis. But yes, every sushi that comes new on our menu has to be tested and risk, you know, try and error mm. uh, sort of uh, sushis. And if that they're not good enough, in my eyes, then we won't put it on the menu. And then sometimes you come with a new flavor and you think, hey, this is something, you know, spectacular. Mm. And you're delivering to private individuals in all those areas you mentioned there? We do. We do for weddings, private uh, dining, uh, weddings, communions, uh, business to business, uh, online in the local green box in Carven. Um So we have various outlets where we uh, supply our sushi to. Yeah, so you have a wide uh, range of customers and, and a number of channels that you actually get your produce to them via, which is uh, very interesting. Um, did you ever expect that it would be so successful? You know, you are successful now and you are uh, building up a very good business. How, how On that, can you go bigger? Do you need more people involved in this business or will you manage it just the two of you? No, but we managed from the first year with two of us, and even that was a struggle. In the last year, we have taken on two full-time oh, uh, guys and four part-timers. 
uh, that help us during the busy evenings and busy days. Um, but yeah, for certainly the, the, the business is growing as it is. And uh, with the farmers market and food festivals where we also uh, trade in with our own gazebo and uh, fridge, we, we, we are looking to expand uh, within the next, uh, next you know, short future yeah well look at good on you i didn't realize that you have grown as a business and you have more people employed god this is really a wonderful yeah. success story i wish you well with it thank you so much jerry thank, thank you so much no thank you for joining me on the show today i do Absolutely. appreciate it take care and of yourself you, and you know where you can get your sushi in virginia <laughs> i do indeed <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Basby Benga there and his partner, Yulita, who are behind, the people behind Sushi Mania. My God, Virginia is a hub of food production. She's not where the snails came from as well, the less cargo. Oh, there you are. Talk about uh, food trails. Virginia is the centre of the universe at the moment. Anyway, that's a lot in late lunch today. Eddie Caffey's back in the drive with you in a few moments. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. We're back tomorrow, Tuesday, 1.30. But we leave you in the company of Pink this afternoon and Trustfall. See you tomorrow. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.